Well, welcome again, everybody, to St. Peter's. Welcome if you've been here many times before, or if this is one of your first times. Hopefully you've been enjoying the service so far, and hopefully it doesn't now nosedive, but only gets better and better, right? To start with, we're going to play a little game. I'm going to read a phrase, and when you, if you think you know the missing word in the phrase, I want you to shout it out. If I was to say the phrase, there's no place like... Home, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, right? There's no place like home. What about go hard or go home? Oh, the answer's always going to be home. If you're struggling, it's always going to be home. What about their chickens came to roost? Or, this is a hard one because the blank is at the beginning, but is where the heart is, right? We seem obsessed with idioms and mantras about home. Some people say an Englishman's home is his castle, right? We talk about a home from home, and if it's not too soon for football fans in the room, some people might be saying it's coming home, or it's gonna be coming home in at least another four years time after France have probably won the trophy after how they performed last night. Our TV programmes seem obsessed, don't they, with thinking about home. We've got homes under the hammer to auction them, grand designs to make them bigger than you could ever make them, and better than you could ever live in. We've got location, 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 telling us where we should be. We've got renovation programmes coming out of our ears. We've even now got Tiny House Nation, anyone seen that on Netflix? People living in these inhumanely small spaces. But people love thinking about home. It follows through, doesn't it, to music. Home is wherever I'm with you, or Chris Rea, driving home for Christmas. And even our carols today have had, and he leads his children on to the place where he is gone. One of those carols we sang earlier, let every heart prepare him room. I believe that every single person is longing for somewhere to call home. Is longing for somewhere to be at peace. Longing for somewhere to be at rest. We've got idioms about it. We've got TV programmes about physical homes. Music sings about it. Carols long for it. Everyone wants a home. Not just bricks and mortar, somewhere to lay your head. But somewhere where you can really say, I'm at peace. Somewhere where you can really say, I'm understood here, I'm known here. I relax here in a way that I don't relax anywhere else. I believe maybe, and you would concur, that everyone is longing for home. And when you find it, you love it, don't you? That place where you think, oh, I look back on that time in my life, and it was wonderful. Maybe you're building a home at the moment, you've moved house recently, and you're trying to get things just right so that it feels like home, not just a house, but somewhere that you want to be, somewhere that you relax. Maybe you've been in a home for decades and decades, and you can't imagine being anywhere else. What I'm talking about today encompasses that, of course. But it goes a little bit beyond that as well. Because more than just a home for our bodies, somewhere to lay our head and cook our food and eat our meals, I believe that each person really deep down is longing for a place to call home in their soul, you might say. That place where your heart is happy and at rest. And I believe the good news for us here today is that Jesus came and made his home among us on earth. And Jesus invites you to go and make your home in him, to be truly satisfied in a way that nothing else will ever be able to come close. 
In that final reading, it's going to appear on the screen. The very final verse of John 1 that we read says this. The word, that's Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We see his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now the Bible wasn't written in English, and so various people at various times have had to translate what was written into English so that we can understand it. And that, the word became flesh and made his dwelling. That's the, the word choice that many translators go for, but it's not the only one that's used. One translation says, God moved into the neighbourhood. He came close to you and moved into your vicinity. One other translation says that God made his home among us. And that's the theme I want to explore just for a few minutes now. Jesus is the Son of God. And as the Son of God, his rightful home is in heaven, where things are perfect and glorious, where he's worshipped by angels and beings that we can't quite comprehend. Jesus' rightful home is in heaven, and yet this verse tells us that he left heaven and made his home here among us on earth. The creator, God himself, entered the creation. One of the ways I like to picture this is almost by thinking of a, a woodworker who's crafted a doll's house, who then somehow is able to become a doll and enter into that house. Now that does something to explain what's gone on, the creator entering the creation, but it even minimises its scale. What God did goes far beyond even that. Jesus made his home here physically. He ate meals on earth, he walked around, he had friends and family, he grew and he went to school, he ended up having a trade, a job, and then becoming a rabbi, a teacher one who people followed. Jesus was really one of us, two arms, two legs, walking around the same ground that we walk on, feeling the cold just like we do. History attests to Jesus. It's no doubt that he existed, that he was really one of us. He made his home here physically then for a time. Some translations of this same verse say that Jesus pitched his tent among us because he didn't stay on earth forever, did he? He then went on to die and he knew that he would do that and he gave himself over to it. He pitched his tent because he wasn't here forever. He was here for about 33 years. Then he died and went back to heaven. And the Bible says that he will one day come again to gather up all those people who love and follow him to take them home with him to heaven. When these verses say that he pitched his tent among us, the word that they use there is tabernacle. Now, that's not a word we use very often, is it? Tabernacle. But what it means is it's harkening back to this concept in the Old Testament. The tabernacle was like a giant marquee, a huge tent. And because it was orchestrated just right, it was beautiful. It was put together in such a way, God's presence dwell in this tabernacle. The people, if they wanted to go and find where God was, could say, God is in there. He's in that tabernacle. And it was portable. It would be picked up and moved along and then put down again. And God's presence would reside there permanently. When the people were looking for God, they would go to this tabernacle. They'd have to do all sorts of things. 
clean themselves and wear the right clothes and certain people could only go so far. But right at the heart of it was the presence of God. And so when it says here that Jesus became flesh and tabernacled amongst us, what the text is really saying is that Jesus is the new tabernacle. The people in the Old Testament, if they wanted to find God, they went to the tabernacle. The people now, if they want to find God, they walk to Jesus. Because he is God in human form. He is God himself, made home on earth. Jesus was the new tabernacle here. Not a tent to meet God, but a person. Someone that you could bump into. Someone that you could listen to. Someone that you could leave everything to follow. Jesus was the new tabernacle, moving around the area in which he lived, offering people the presence of God where they were, healing people, transforming lives, giving dignity to those in need, giving teaching that's never been paralleled since, bringing justice, promoting peace, ushering in freedom. Jesus was the better tabernacle. The tabernacle was a place that you went to, but then you had to leave. You couldn't live there. You visited for a day, but then you had to move on. The good thing with Jesus is he's not someone that you visit and then have to leave. He doesn't usher you out of his presence. He says, come and make your home in me. In John chapter 14, Jesus says these words. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. A verse like this changes everything. People in the Old Testament, if they wanted to see God, they went to a tent and then had to leave again. Jesus comes and says, my Father will come to them. My Father will love them. We will come to them and we will make our home with them. Not a tent you have to leave, not a presence you have to move on from. We will make our home with them. We'll be united with them now and forever. We'll satisfy their deepest longings. We'll make a home that changes everything. Jesus is somewhere you can make your home. Dwelling in the fullness of God's presence. All the goodness of his glory. Resting in it, lingering in it, making camp there, making home with him. Not having to rush away, not having to book a visit and then leave again. Jesus says, come and make your home with me. The real rest that you get at home. Well, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. The way that you're known at home. Well, Jesus says, I made you. And I love you. Find your home in me. The way that you can be yourself at home in a way that you can't be in other places. Jesus says, come to me and I'll transform yourself from one degree of glory to the next. Let alone being yourself. How about becoming your true self? What about the way that you're safe at home? Jesus says, come and find safety with me. I'm the God of the angel armies, defending you on every side. The togetherness and the friendship that you have at home. Find it in Jesus, who sticks closer than a brother. 
and it forms you in his family, the church, before you go to meet him face to face in heaven. Jesus came and made his home among us, leaving heaven and entering earth, and invites you to go now and make your home with him. And that's true for now, and that's great for this life, isn't it? But Jesus died, and that's a fate that will befall us all too. So surely a temporary solution is only of temporary help. Well, Jesus invites you to make your home with him now. And he says it's a home that will go on forever. Yes, he died, but then he rose again to new and glorious life, defeating death, overshadowing it, showing that he is more powerful now and forever. In John chapter 14, Jesus puts it like this. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus died and was raised to new life and then ascended to the Father to do just this, to prepare a place for you in his heavenly mansion, to enjoy forever, to be at home with him once and for all. Isn't it amazing to think that right now in heaven, there might be a little room there and etched onto the door is your name. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you, to make a home for you beyond this earth, into eternity that will come after death. Later on in the New Testament, after Jesus, this guy called Paul reminds the church that this life can be precarious. We've seen that so much this year, haven't we? But the heavenly house that he provides is solid and secure. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1 says, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. An eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Jesus invites you then to make your home with him now and to make your home in him forever. An eternal house in heaven, built with hands that will not fail. Built to last and see you through the storm. So the invitation for each of you here today is that you can make a home in Jesus. You can have those longings satisfied by a relationship with him. And if you want to do that, I want to make it really clear how that comes about. In Revelation, this last book of the Bible, chapter 3 and verse 20, it says this. Jesus speaking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Jesus says, I'm here. It's me. I'm knocking on the door of your current house. I'm calling out your name, and I'm saying, do you want to come and be with me forever? If anyone hears the voice of Jesus calling at the door, if anyone comes and opens it up, He'll come in and eat with you, make a home with you now and forever. 
This verse was depicted in some art, which will come up on the screen now. A guy called Holman Hunt put this verse to a painting. The version on the left is what you can go and see in St Paul's Cathedral in London. And on the right is just a slightly zoomed in version so you can see what's going on. This is called the light of the world. And Jesus there with a splendid halo knocks at the door of your heart. Knocks at the door of your life and says, here I am, would you like to let me in? Apparently after this was created, Someone went up to Holman Hunt and said, I think you've made a mistake. There's no door handle on the door, Holman. How are people supposed to get in and out? And Holman Hunt said, no, that's no mistake. For the door handle is on the inside. What he was saying is that Jesus isn't going to force his way in. He doesn't come with battering ram, does he? He comes just with a word. He calls your name, says, here I am. He knocks away, but the decision as to whether to let him in is for the occupant. The decision for whether to let Jesus in lies with you. And I wonder whether for some of you, as you think about it now, maybe over this last little while, you've sensed Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. Maybe it's by the words of a Christian friend. Maybe it's just by coming here, something attracted you to come and be part of things here at St Peter's this Christmas. Maybe as you've thought and wondered, maybe you've prayed, and you sense Jesus just knocking away, saying, I want to come in and make home with you. I'm coming after you because I love you and want the best for you. Maybe that's what's been going on for you even during this service. Something's drawing you into this, and you don't want it to end in a few minutes' time with the end of the service. Jesus is coming and knocking on the door of each of your hearts, saying, come in, let us make home together. Home that won't fall and flood and fail, but home that will see you through this life and on into eternity with me. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. And the response then is with you. Do you want to make home with Jesus? Do you want to let him in? And if you do, I'm going to say a prayer in a moment that I invite you to repeat along in the quietness of your heart. As we end now, why don't we spend a few minutes in prayer? You might want to close your eyes, read yourself of distractions, do what you need to do to have a moment to think, to reflect, to pray. I don't know how you are, how you've come today, I trust now that Jesus is meeting you by the Holy Spirit. I want to give a brief moment for anyone who wants to say, Jesus, I've heard you knocking and I want to let you in. I'm going to use the words of a prayer that I invite you to repeat back in your own words, if you like, in the quietness of your heart, not talking to me, but to Jesus. And I trust that if you pray this and mean it, that he will come in and he will make a home with you now and forever. So if you want to pray to let Jesus in, why don't you use some words like this? Jesus, 
I thank you that you love me and you know me. I thank you that you are knocking at the door of my heart. I choose now to let you in. Please come and make a home with me that will see me safe through this life and on into the next. Transform me by the presence of your Holy Spirit. Forgive me all my wrong and use me now to invite others home to you. Amen. Amen. This Christmas, my urge and invitation to you all is to listen out for the knocking at the door, to listen out for those words of Jesus calling you to come and make a home with him. Let him come in and shower you with love, to lay a banquet of blessing before you, to sit alongside you and never move away. And if you're intrigued about what I've been talking about, what we've been singing about, reading about, there's a little booklet on the table at the back. You'll see it as you leave. It's called Why Jesus. It's got a red cover. And I invite you to take one of those away with you. It's got a, a little explanation of what Christianity is really all about. And then it's got a prayer very similar to the one I've just prayed. And it might be that you want to take that home and over this Christmas season just dip into a page or two a day. And if you've got questions off the back of it, please come back to another service or get in touch with us. You can find all the information online or on social media or come and find me at the end. But if you want to find out more, take one of those Why Jesus booklets and maybe come back to another of our services later on this month or on into the new year. 